Welcome back. This is Omni Talk Retail. I'm Chris Walton. And I'm Ann Mazinga. And we are again, of course, coming to you from the Manifest booth, booth number K15, which we were just informed that Kappa is not the right military we designation. It's a good thing we're not designation for K, right? Yeah, Anne? it's a good thing we're not flying planes, Chris. We're not flying planes, yes. For many reasons, it's good that we're not flying planes. But especially for that reason. But especially yeah. for that reason. But yes, we're at Manifest. Thank you to them for making our coverage possible. If you're at the show, stop by, say hi. We'd love to talk to you. And standing between us, Anne, is a man who goes by one name, one name only, and that is Bavani. And Bavani is the Chief Supply Chain Officer at Serta Simmons. How you doing today? Great. Excited to be here. And... Uh Great to meet with both of you. Excited to have you here as well. I know. Well, um, well Bhavani, tell us a little bit about how you came into this role at Serta Simmons. Sure. So quick background. Uh, my supply chain career spans uh, three continents. Started okay. in India, uh, went to the Middle East, Wow. Uh, Egypt, South Africa, then came to the U.S. for my um, MBA. Okay. Uh, met with Jeff Wilkie and a class where he was you know invited as a guest speaker oh really fascinated with you know everything amazon was doing yeah talked to a classmate who said okay i think i can introduce you and then since uh when spent a few years with amazon in uh, fulfillment center in campbellsville kentucky uh then went to starbucks ran uh, last mile delivery you think about the trucks that deliver milk and cookies to your stores yeah right? uh then went uh, to india to help set up supply chain for the india launch oh really I wow. came back, uh, ran uh, global carrier development and network design when Walmart called. And so uh, that's how I landed in the Bay Area. That's how you landed in the Bay Area, With, okay. Uh, Walmart e-commerce uh, essentially helped set up uh, replenishment and inventory management. What year was this? That was 2014. Okay. 2014, okay, got it. Uh, and so basically ran supply chain and inventory management for different divisions within Walmart e-commerce, and then finally, you know, the Omniplay happened. Mm -hmm. And then about three years back, uh, Shelly Huff, who Shelley Huff yeah. was former, yeah, she was former Walmart too, right? That's right. Yes, yes, right. So she was at uh, Serta Simmons as chief operating officer, and she said, hey, Bhavani, there's a whole bunch of really exciting problems to solve, and here I am. Bhavani, if, if the listeners have their bingo cards out, I think you just named, like, what, Seven of the top, or five of the top ten retailers in the U.S. right yeah. now that you've had experience at. This is amazing. Um, I, I'm curious, like, what's what's been unique about Serta Simmons and being in a supply chain role? Sure. So a couple of things. One, uh, for me personally, uh, you know, coming from retail, uh, CPG, uh, a lot more manufacturing focus. Okay. At Serta Simmons. Right. Uh, we are also a made-to-order business which is very different for me. Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah. so really you go to your yeah. mattress store, buy a mattress, we get the order and we literally turn it around in 96 hours. That's industry Whoa. leading. Uh, and so really managing that entire supply chain where you got you know supply risks, supply volatility, consumer customers, who yeah. in our case are retailers, mm -hmm. are getting increasingly, uh, you know, they want lower lead times, better OTIFs, lower costs. Uh, that's a very interesting challenge and problem to solve, and that was new for me at Serta. Uh, yeah, I'm curious. I want to double click into that a little bit too, because I know back from and from my ex back from my Target days when I was running home furnishings for Target.com, the mattress category was very unique yeah. in terms of the supply chain complexities, and 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 for that reason, you could all honestly say that's part of the reason why you saw the growth in 
the purple and the Casper mattresses and all that because of how easy they were to ship, which, you know, in reality wasn't anything new. There had been box mattresses forever. So talk to us a little bit about what are some of those supply chain complexities that make your job so unique and, and how do you attempt to solve them or innovate in and around them? Sure, no, great question. So I think two, uh, two things that make the, uh, the role challenging. One is on the supply side, uh, there's a greater focus on sustainability. So you're you know getting natural materials, mm -hmm. which means you're typically going abroad. Uh, and so that, you add the geopolitical risk to that. And so mm -hmm. okay. you know, you've got uh, higher variability of lead time. Uh, and we, especially in a business where we don't hold a bunch of inventory, that becomes challenging. Mm -hmm. uh, if you look at on the demand side, uh, it's a very event-driven business. So you got the President's Day coming up. Right. Uh, hopefully, uh, you'll do some mattress shopping. Right. Yeah, right. Exactly. I always thought that was Beauty funny, rest, like President's Day and mattresses, and yeah. like home furnishings. How that right. became a thing, I don't right. know. We've got a wonderful collection uh, rolling out, uh, you know. And so, with you add that complexity where it's even more event-driven, there's more spikiness, uh, and then you add the made-to-order business. Yeah. How do you ensure that you have the right materials in the right plant, and right. we've got 19 plants uh, across North America. Right. Uh, how do you have the right uh, labor resources? That becomes really challenging. Right. And the size of the product too, right? Yeah. Like just shipping the dang thing is tough. Right. Right. And, and we have our own private fleet, which means we got to ensure that we have the right drivers, the right uh, fleet capacity, mm -hmm. that makes it an uh, interesting problem to solve. So I'm curious because you mentioned it, like you said, um, basic disruptions in the supply chain. How do you keep a handle on that? Like when you think about your job, because it's global in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. And so how do, how do you keep pulse on what you should be and shouldn't be concerned about when you look at all the potential supply chain disruptions out there? I mean, I know we know what's going on, you know, over around the Suez Canal. That's one, but there's always things popping up. How do you keep tabs on all that? Uh, so, two things. One, I think uh, when the pandemic happened, uh, uh, we realized very quickly that you know we needed to build resiliency in our supply chain. So that means uh, it could mean dual sourcing. It could mean ensuring that you know we really understood risk that our suppliers have. Uh, uh, near shoring. So, for example, a lot of our mm. uh, suppliers have, are now making product in Mexico, for example. Right. Uh, so that's one, structurally changing the supply chain to reduce risk. And two, I think we just have an awesome team of, uh, of you know, planning uh, associates who work and sourcing associates who work very closely with our suppliers, stay on top of things, uh, work with our carriers uh, to ensure that, you know, we un get to understand what risk is as early as possible and mitigate it. So it's a combination of structural changes and just plain old bias for action. Yeah, and hiring the right people to help you, right? right. It sounds like too, right? Well, you are speaking at Manifest. Tell us a little bit about what you hope that the audience will take away from your session. Sure. So there's a panel discussion uh, tomorrow, okay. uh, Chris and Anne, about DEI in supply chain and how can we accelerate the journey. And it's something that I'm passionate oh, wow. about. It's something that Certifiments is passionate about. And uh, if I were to say three takeaways, uh, one, I would say uh, each leader, I would urge them to really understand what DEI means for them. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know, go talk to your colleague, understand their life experiences as it relates to, you know, their experiences uh, and make it real for yourself. And that in, 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 in turn, I think, ensures that 
you know, you have a really solid, tangible understanding of what, uh, how DEI impacts people, mm -hmm. to uh, figure out how DEI is ultimately about adding business value. So it could be understanding your consumers better, customers better. It could be, you know, figuring out better supplier diversity. Mm -hmm. That in turn improves resiliency. We mm -hmm. talked about that. Mm -hmm. You know, it reduces cost. Mm -hmm. It improves sustainability. Things of those nature. Mm -hmm. And then more importantly, the associate population. Like if you look at our plants. A lot of our plants are in communities where, uh, you know, we have a right. uh, in most of our plants uh, a flag for each country that our associate comes from, and oh, it wow. literally looks like the United Nations. Yeah, okay. I bet. Well, so yeah, you probably run stores. hundred percent. Yeah, yeah hundred percent. Uh, like that. Yeah. And so we want leaders and supervisors who our associates can identify with, right? right. And that in turn improves engagement. It improves mm -hmm. retention. It improves morale. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's the second thing I would. Uh, say uh, people should think about and then the third thing is have one goal for yourself as it relates to DEI mm. and make it happen. So let me let me turn the tables on you then. What does DEI mean to you then? So for me uh, personally as uh, you know someone who immigrated uh, yeah. you know, uh, 20 years back to this country it means uh, you know just being comfortable in my own skin mm -hmm. uh, bringing my own true authentic self to work uh, and I struggled with that earlier on in my career. Right. Right? And I looked at leaders around me and most supply chain leaders were, didn't look like me. No. Yeah. Right. And so as I grew up in my career, I uh, uh, you know, made it a point to ensure that I can be my authentic self and help coach uh, associates on my team to do the same. Yeah, and so that's really my takeaway. Yeah, hence the one name introduction. <laughs> yeah, too. yeah so, right. So, um, so have you been a manifest before? This is my first time. First at time manifest. here. First yes. time here. So, so how are you taking in the show? And are there any technologies in particular that you want to learn more about while you're here? Sure. Uh, I think there are two sets of technologies relevant for us as a business. One, there's some really exciting stuff, uh, Chris and Anne, about uh, visibility. Yeah. Visibility. Uh, okay. Right. And for us, it's all about how can I know as quickly as possible what's happening. And more than that, I think it's the next level, which is it's not only important to know what's happening, why is my vessel late, but mm -hmm. then what implication does it have for me? Mm -hmm. uh, what PO is going to be late to which customer? Mm. Uh, how do I need to change my staffing plan? How right. do I need to change my material resource plan? Things of those nature. So it's some really exciting technology there. So uh, the insights and the recommendations then. Yeah. Insights and the recommendations. And is that an AI particular thing, or is that, or how would you sum that up? A lot of it is an AI. So I was talking to a couple of companies where uh, they have really looked at all the data is already there in a bunch of spreadsheets and emails, uh, and they're just essentially taking all of this unstructured data and figuring out what these implications could be. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a lot more opportunity even beyond visibility, like if you generally think about an organization, uh, there's so much information lying in individual associates, laptops, and uh, phones. How do you bring all that together and start making sense of it and actually start providing alerts and uh, you know, better business visibility right, to right. leaders? It's, it's been interesting because I think that's been top of mind. We've heard from a lot of people today. Like There's still so much being held in Excel spreadsheets. And the time of the people managing those Excel spreadsheets is getting shorter and shorter and what happens when they go. And so it's almost like this, this rush now, especially with the aid of AI to almost 
categorize and, and note all of the work that's been in those spreadsheets right. and been operating those businesses for a long time and now put it into something that the next generation of, of employees, of teammates can really use and utilize correctly too. But even something you think about, uh, you know, a uh, new product launch, right? There's so mm -hmm. many teams within an organization working on it. Mm -hmm. um, and all of that information is lying within different emails and spreadsheets. How can you quickly get all of that together and start predicting, is this product going to launch on time or not? Yeah, yeah. act on it. Yeah, wow. Well, this has been so wonderful. Thank you so much, Ravani, for taking the time with us today. Um, thanks to all of you who've been following us along with us. Thanks to Manifest for uh, helping us bring this coverage yes. to all of you. Without them, this wouldn't be possible. That's true. And if you are at the show, come stop by booth K15. Come say hi to Chris and to myself. And until then, be careful out there. Thank you. All right. Thank you.